Welcome to Indigenising Curriculum in Practice with Professor Tracy Bunder and Dr. Caitlin Barney. Hello everyone, I'm Tracy Bunder and welcome to our podcast series, Indigenising Curriculum in Practice. I'm a Noogie Waka Waka woman and the Professor for Indigenous Education at the University of Queensland. It has been my responsibility to lead indigenisation of the curriculum as a key activity of the UQ Reconciliation Action Plan. And I'd like to start the podcast by acknowledging country and the various countries from where our listeners are located and pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. I acknowledge the ongoing contributions of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples to society at local, national and international levels. I'm joined by my colleague and co-host, Dr Caitlin Barney. Hi everyone, I'm Caitlin. I'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land where we're recording and pay my respect to the ancestors and their descendants who continue to have strong connections to country. And I also want to acknowledge that where we're recording has always been a place of teaching and learning. I'm a non-Indigenous woman born and raised on Jagger and Turrbal country. And in this series, Tracy and I are interviewing Indigenous and non-Indigenous academics about how they're indigenising curriculum through a look at case studies across the faculties at the University of Queensland. Our theme today for the episode is based on the principle of relationships. And our guests today are Francis Nona and Dr. Preetha Thomas from the School of Public Health at the University of Queensland. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Can you introduce yourselves in whatever way you feel comfortable? No, Nell. Francis Nona, I descendant blow side by island Torres Straits, now clan Daybow clan. I eight kadal malu by them picking any auto to Minaki Meso, Nitamurina Muino, invite money. Um, thank you for having me. My name is Francis Nona, and I'm a descendant from Saiba Island, Daybow clan, and my totems are the eight kadal and the malu by them, which is the shark and crocodile. And I'm so excited to be here talking about indigenizing curriculum. My name is Preeta Thomas. I live and work on Yagra and Torbal land and I'm a lecturer in the School of Public Health. I lecture in public health nutrition and it's an absolute pleasure to be part of this podcast. Thank you. Thanks Preeta and Francis. Can you talk a bit about how you're indigenising curriculum in the School of Public Health? Indigenising curriculum is um, a concept that's so important to make sure that we are contributing to closing the gap with um, First Nations health. I do it everywhere that I can. Um, I came through the Masters of Public Health and I saw how there was such a need to actually have the embodiment of knowledge within curriculum. So since finishing my Masters of Public Health, I worked in this project and I just saw every opportunity to embed knowledges. And I think there's one way to embed knowledge, but there's another way to legitimise those knowledges within those curriculum developments. So I brought in the way that we could legitimise it. One of the design principles developed as part of the UQ Indigenising Curriculum principles is relationships. And Amberlyn Quaymalina writes that equitable partnerships between Indigenous and non-Indigenous peoples are vital to the success of any Indigenisation project. Can you talk about your partnership and the relationships you've developed to be able to indigenize curriculum in public health? I would wholeheartedly agree that where it starts is relationship. If we don't have the relationship to actually work together 
on the importance of indigenising curriculum, then we don't have a platform to actually embed those knowledges. I think of instantly the cultural interface that NACADA writes about, and it's finding that middle ground to, one, to understand that there is another knowledge systems, but two, you don't participate in the other. You meet at the middle ground and you stay at the middle ground. And that middle space is relationship building. For me, that relationship building was definitely an embodied real space as well. Building and sustaining that relationship in a respectful manner has gone a long way towards us doing this work. As part of the design principles, Tracy talks about how indigenising curriculum taught by non-Indigenous teachers needs to be in partnership with Indigenous knowledge holders. Could you talk a bit about how you think this can be done in health-related courses? When I think of health-related courses and Indigenous health and Indigenous knowledges, that partnership is that very essence of relationships. By having those relationships when we deliver content, it brings in the understanding as I am not external to that content as an Indigenous man, where a non-Indigenous educator can be external to it, which doesn't make it relational for students to understand the true complexities within the knowledges and the issues that Indigenous people face. Working alongside and with Indigenous um, academics and knowledge holders actually brings that to the forefront. It gives the understanding to the students as we are in it, we are not external to it, and we we are a part of this. I, I, I think this is an important aspect to working with as opposed to working on. So within public health courses, because we apply an equity lens and we like to look more broadly about health and this knowledge being imparted, like Francis said, from the perspective of Indigenous peoples who have those lived experience, makes it a much more worthwhile experience for students as well as for non-Indigenous academics working in this space and learning from Indigenous academics. Brooke Collins Gearing and Rosalind Smith use the metaphor burning off of country in relation to Indigenising curriculum. They state by burning off the central pedagogical philosophy and purpose employed in our indigenised mainstream English course is to clean up the landscape so that new transformative possibilities may grow. I ask you both, how do you think we need to burn off the discipline of health? I, I love that concept of burning off. I can't help but think burning off is dismantling the system of the one way it's always been seen. And health in aspects is viewed differently than non-Indigenous people. So having the burning off concept is dismantling those dominant paradigms and the way that we view health. And I think we really have to get into a place of that equilibrium space of accepting that Indigenous people see Indigenous health differently. So let's burn off this majority way of being and start accepting that we come out the cultural interface. I too draw on Martin Nakata's work when he talks about needing a reconceptualization of the intersection between Indigenous and Western knowledge systems and allowing for that to work much better, but also for students and staff who are learning alongside 
to negotiate a new set of meanings and reinterpretations of those meanings as well, where there's acknowledgement and equity for Indigenous knowledges in higher education spaces and an acknowledgement of Indigenous epistemologies and ontologies as well in teaching. And I think that's where that burning off needs to come in stages. Thanks, Preetha and Francis. I really like that metaphor of burning off as well uh, in terms of um, changing the discipline. So, you know, obviously curriculum development takes time and it's especially the case when, you know, teaching areas can be in an area where an academic might not have, you know, prior familiarity or limited knowledge. So can you give any advice on where you think non-Indigenous academics should start in the health field in relation to Indigenising curriculum? I can talk from my perspective of being a non-Indigenous academic. Learning from Indigenous leaders was really important in, in that space. And personally, from a practical note, I think doing the IATSIS core modules, all 10 of them, was phenomenal in uh, how it transformed my understanding. That actually led me to seek out more sources of truth rather than relying on a dominant existing literature and wrong history out there that was what grounded me and I think brought me along in this journey and wanting to share that with other non-indigenous academics as well which would be that would be my starting place I think and also that distinction that Tracy that you have covered so beautifully in the green paper the distinction between indigenous knowledges indigenous perspectives and indigenous studies i mean i can deliver indigenous perspectives but that's my perspective of something that i've read it's my interpretation whereas if it's delivered content that is delivered by indigenous knowledge holders given right the, the respect and the acknowledgement i think that's where true learning comes from but having that humility to accept that that is learning that needs to be done by all non-Indigenous academics, whether they've lived in Australia forever or they're a relative newcomer like me. Also, I think um, for non-Indigenous academics, in my language, I'll say, which means listen with your ears that there is content that we can together deliver within curriculum and not come in with that dominant paradigm of, I know what content this is, I'll deliver it the way I, I feel. Um, just listen and, you know, that's deep listening, listening to beyond what's said. Deep listening, I think when Francis said that, that was something which I believe in deeply, especially after learning from Francis and colleagues in, the, in Indigenous leadership, but also that critical reflexivity which each of us need to engage in to make sure that we are doing the right thing the right way, but otherwise ask for help if you need to. You're obviously both very passionate about the work that you've been doing in the public health space. This podcast series is called Indigenising Curriculum in Practice. Is there any other message that you want to give to anyone who's listening to this series and is going to start? working in the, in that indigenized curriculum space i see curriculum as an extension of knowledge to a workforce so when we think broadly as educators how do i impact the workforce culturally respectfully and understanding it's done at the curriculum level 
we need to, as educators, realise that what we do with students, those students will be working with our people. So we have to get it right at the curriculum level. Otherwise, we are still trying to close the gap with people not understanding how it is created. I think for me, the word embedding uh, speaks says a lot because I think it needs to be, it's about normalising the curriculum rather than an add-on and a tokenistic approach, which I think that seems to be the default setting. It takes time. It takes trouble. You need to be in a space of discomfort. Um, It's not always a safe space, but there are always safe hands holding you, I've found. That was my experience. Thank you. We've been talking to Frances Nona and Dr. Preetha Thomas. Thanks so much for sharing your experience. It was great to hear about how you're indigenising curriculum in the School of Public Health. And thank you for joining us in this episode of Indigenising Curriculum in Practice. We hope you can join us for another episode. Mm